my message is God desires unity. And I think there's one verse in the Bible that really should shake us to our core. In John 17, 21, Jesus says, I pray that they, that would be us, will all be one. How united are we supposed to be just as you and I are one? As you are in me, Father, and I am in you, and may they be in us so that the world will believe you sent me. Lord God, help us be like that. You prayed to the Father, let your church be one. Just as you and the Father are. Jesus, you didn't complain when God didn't do things your way. You didn't speak ill of him behind his back. You submitted. You committed to submit. Help that to be us. You're calling your church to rise up. To not be spectators. Let us not fall into the lie and the deception. Well, I can't do everything. No. Lord, one thing we've been praying about for years and months is pray about that one person God's asking you to reach out to. And God will go before you. Lord, you're calling us to stop being part-time believers to stop listening to the definition of the devil and start listening to the definition of the Holy Spirit of who we are in you. Because the same Spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead lives in believers. I see a glorious future for this church, Lord. Help us to be prayerful, to seek you, Lord. Help us to say, as far as it is with me, I'm going to be at peace. I'm going to be united. Help us to trust you in that, Lord. In your name, amen. If you watch the news for 48 seconds, you might see chaos. There's a group of people called Republicans group of people called Democrats, and they don't get along. Don't know if you've noticed this. You can watch ESPN, and you can watch these debate shows. We can argue about all kinds of things. A friend of mine is a Buffalo Bills fan. I love him anyways. He, ha he hates Crocs. So I googled and I found a picture of Buffalo Bill Crocs. I think they wear them in hell, I'm not quite sure yet though. So I sent him a picture and said, hey, Abel, hint on who it might be, how about getting you these for Christmas? He said, wouldn't wear them. There's croc lovers and there's not croc lovers. We can argue about everything. We can argue about everything. God doesn't want us to debate. God doesn't, God 
is speaking to his church. For him to move, we have to be in unity. I love John Eastman's message last week. If you weren't here, listen to it. We're so offended. Why, you didn't do what I wanted you to do, God. Or you didn't do what I wanted you to do. You know, I did a wedding yesterday. And one of the things I tell, this is what every husband, you're called to minister to your wife. How? Give your life up for her. Don't look for anything in return. Wives, submit. Oh, that's a word. But it's God's word. You submit, you uphold. It doesn't mean that you're second class or a servant, but it means you do a God. You, you serve your husband. But what if they don't do anything back? Then you serve your husband and you look up. We have seemingly lost the ability to talk civilly with people that have different points of view. We think if we get mad and we get righteous and we yell, that it's going to do something. And it is going to do something. It's going to grieve my Lord, who doesn't want us to be like that. You know, a new covenant, we're praying, God, we need your vision, your vision, God, for moving forward. I'm encouraged that we got a church coming down that wants to build his kingdom in Oswego, New York. And can I be honest? I'm fearful they're more excited about it than we are. And I'm dead honest. Because if we don't get excited, we're not going to exist. And that, that's, I believe we're going to. But God don't do magic fairy dust. He's not going to just sprinkle it and all of a sudden things happen. We have to pray. We have to get behind it. We have to invite. July 10th is the next one. We have to say, Lord, I want to make a difference for your kingdom in this place. The chaos of this world is the direct opposite of what God desires. But I've been reading articles from men of God, and they're saying God is allowing chaos in this world and in this country because we have walked away. It's easy for us to look at the people that support abortion, that, that that's guns, whatever. So they need to get on board. Church. God is saying to you and me, you need to get on board. And I'm saying that in love. Because we don't trust God with our lives. We're afraid. When I knew I was supposed to speak to that guy yesterday, I am not highly evangelistic and, and gifting. But I did it. And I survived. We need, the point today I'm talking about is we need to pursue unity for the sake of Jesus Christ. Ephesians 4, Paul writes, Therefore I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling, for you have been called by God. Always, always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowances for each other's faults because of your love. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the Spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. For there is one body and one Spirit, just as if you've been called to one glorious hope for the future. There is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, 
one God and Father of all, who is over all, in all, and living through all. Now, I'm talking about unity. And as we go forward, let me also clarify a few things. We all have different personalities. Some of you are outgoing, some of you are not. Just let God use your personality. And I want to say something. When, when I get excited and fired up, it's, I'm not mad at you. I'm mad at the enemy because I see people out there. I see a bunch of warriors for God. I see people that love God, that love this city, that love their community. But at times, the enemy has sowed insecurity into you, and you've taken a step back because you say, I can't. But God can through you. And never despise the small things that God asks you to do. It might be baked cookies. It might be whatever. And I'm going to stop for a minute. I'm going to go off camera because I'm supposed to pray for Francis Lee. So I'm going to pray for you. So Lord, I just thank you for my sister. And I don't know why you want me to pray for her, Lord, but I'm doing it. I just pray, Father God, that you would touch her, that you would fill her and encourage her, Lord God, that you would give her strength, Father. We thank you for her faith and for who she is, Lord. Fill her afresh. And I thank you for her faith in your name. Amen. So, a key ingredient to unity is humility. How many of you can say, therefore I, Dick Beaumont, a prisoner for serving the Lord? You know what a prisoner means? You have no freedom. Christ set me free to what? To be a prisoner. I don't live for me. Can I be honest? If I lived for me, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing right now. You got to laugh at God. I worked at Stone and Webster on, in Nine Mile. I made five eighty-five an hour. My biggest testimony, I tell people, they say, I never knew people made that little money at Unit 2, Nine Mile. Great, that's my life. Well, they quit building nuclear plants, and six months after I accepted this job, they contacted me and said, hey, you know what, we're out of the nuclear field, we looked at your resume, we're really interested in you. And I was so excited because I knew it meant Tennessee, and I knew it meant money, and God said, forget about it. I wish I could tell you I never put another thought towards it, but I did. But I didn't let it grab a hold of me. See, God wants you to be a prisoner. God wants you to know his prison is so much more freeing than your freedom. You know, do you want peace and joy in your life? It's not going to come from that new car. It's not going to come from anything you ingest into your body or any relationships you have or whether or not your sports teams win. I mean, Joe, i got to tell you, i got a bad feeling this year that the Yankees are going to win and the Buffalo Bills. Talk about purgatory. <laughs> Joy comes from fully releasing myself to what God wants me to do. You know, I, like I shared a testimony. I handed out an invitation a few weeks back, and I don't know if anything came of it, but you know what did come of it? When I did it, God released something from me and said, you did what I wanted. And I'm not done. But we need to be prisoners. Galatians 2.20, Paul says, it's no longer me who lives. Jesus Christ now lives in me. 
Humility is key because unity does not mean things are going to go the way you want them to. Humility is the opposite of pride. Pride emphasizes its own way. I have a couple of quotes. Rick Warren, it's not about you. Now, I really hate doing stuff like this because, boy, is it corny, but I want you to turn to the person next to you and say, it's not about you. I want you to put your finger right here and say, it's not about you either. You know why? Because it's not. Zach Poonin says, sin came through the pride of Lucifer, who was a fallen angel. Salvation came through the humility of Jesus Christ. 2 Chronicles 7.14 I want to say this in an encouraging way. Then if my people who are called by my name and will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sins and restore their land. Just close your eyes for a minute. I just want you to get honest with God. Say, Lord, show me where I've drifted. Show me, Lord, the places where I am not a prisoner. I'll put you in a box. God is speaking freedom today. God is saying, I want you to know I love you so much that I have so much for you if you would just open up your arms and let me in fully. So, Lord, I just thank you for what you're doing. And I pray you would show us those places that we would repent, pick ourselves up, and go forward. We're not going to stay there. But we're going to walk in what you have for us, oh Lord. Strengthen us today. In your name, amen. I like what D.L. Moody said. It's not going to be up there. Let God have your life. He can do with it more than you can. So what we're doing here as a church, we're going to ask God, what are your plans? We're not going to tell him what our plans are. I've been asked, you know, we have a need for more staffing. What are you doing about assistant? Eh, what am I doing? I'm, I'm praying. What else are you doing? I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm praying. Why? Because God told me, wait. I'm going to wait. I'm not going to go and God says, don't. You know, last week we had the Eastmans here. We got together with them for lunch afterward, and um, I love Kathy Eastman. See, the thing I like about the Eastmans and why I have them back is they're humble people. If you ever go to them and give them a compliment, you just see instant humility in their face. And Kathy said, you know, when, when um, John, Andrew was praying for you, God gave me a vision, and you're climbing up this really long stairway up to the sky. It's made of concrete, and it's just real, and you're about halfway there. And all of a sudden, God's going to open up an elevator. Now, you can keep going, and you're going to get there. Or you can just let God do it. I don't know about you. I like elevators. 
I'm going to let God do it. Now, that doesn't mean I'm going to sit on my backside and not do anything, but it encourages me that we don't see what God's going to do. But we have to be all in. And you have to realize, why does God want me to speak on unity? Because you're going to have your toes stepped on just like I am. I told you last summer, I was praying with a, a Mike Bartholomew, a friend of mine. He goes, you know, change is coming to your church and you're going to be uncomfortable. Said, yep, he goes, no, I'm talking to you. You're also going to be uncomfortable. Really loved hearing that word of encouragement. And I thought yeah, I knew what he meant, but then things happened and I got really uncomfortable and I said, I don't have a clue what God's doing, but I'm excited. He's moving in this place, church. Let the dry bones come alive. Let's get a little Pentecostal. Can I hear an amen? amen. Worship was incredible. That was prophetic. And I want to say one thing I've been saying. Satan's been having a field day for our youth. We see them walk away and the parents have been absolutely downcast. But you've got to realize something about the this generation, they did not see a movement of God. I got saved on the back end of the Jesus people movement of the 70s. We have not seen a movement of God. And I'm saying that in part because we have been hard on the young people. We, we criticize when we need to lift up. I got a pastor friend of mine, love him to death, he has a tattoo on his neck. Why? Tattoos hurt. It must really hurt on your neck. I really don't want to look at it, but I do. What am I trying to say? Come on. Let's pray for the young people. Aren't you excited for a movement of God? God has placed us in liberal New York State. How cool is that? No, no, I'm serious. God said, I trust you enough with your faith to live in this hellhole. I ain't putting you in the Bible Belt. I visited my buddy Fran in Texas. I can talk about Jesus because they all listen. They may not do anything with it. I'm excited because God put us here. Because he trusts me and he trusts you in Oswego, New York. Do you see what our governor does? Well, good. Every time she does something you don't like, make sure you're on your knees praying for that woman to come to know the saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. I used to be abortion on demand advocate. Then I got saved. Then, even though I was saved, I was full gun control. I wanted gun control, make them all illegal, till one night, 1.30 in the morning, we woke up with a man in our bedroom. I instantly changed and understood why guns were okay for some people. Not me, because I'm a klutz, and I'd probably shoot my wife, but you know, hey. Second point I want to make. Humility is key. Humility isn't thinking less of yourself. It's thinking of yourself less, Warren Wiersbe says. A second key ingredient to unity is kindness. Can we all do this with one another? Cut the sarcasm. When you talk to people that don't agree with you, love them. They are deceived don't get mad at them. Well, they believe this. Some of my friends are the most liberal people I know, but I still love them. When they give me a hard time, I give them a hard time. 
when they say things I don't like, I bite my tongue because I got a big mouth with a lot of opinions and I don't say a word. I pray for them. We have to be kind. One of the biggest detriments to people wanting to be Christians at times is how we treat one another. We need the Holy Spirit. How did it work out with Cain and Abel? Not good. Why do we have church splits? Why do we have backbiting? Because we have given ourselves into the power of the prince of this world rather than the Holy Spirit. We are a mixture of a lot of different people. A lot of different personalities with very different opinions. How many people in this room really are die-hard Buffalo Bill fans? God bless you guys. How many aren't? How many really don't care? No, what am I trying to say? We got all kinds of things. I can't make you try to act like me. You're all saying amen to that. Because you don't have my personality. I don't have yours. We are a mixture of different personalities and gifts because God wants to use that. God wants to use us. Unity means that we hold loosely to our opinions and our expectations. Instead of conforming people to your point of view, why don't we be focused on being transformed into the image of Christ? Tonight I'm going to be speaking on the woman at the well. I love that story. That sin and dog. Stoner. Jesus loved her into the kingdom. He loved her into the kingdom. We got to be kind. Jesus is kind. Not to the Pharisees, but Jesus is kind. And like I said, you know, kindness means we also understand that unity, we're not going to agree on 100% of everything. I mean, you know, I married a Dachstader. And I love her to death. But that first Christmas together... He didn't understand, and I want you to know I have forgiven a woman, okay? The Beaumont way. Here are your gifts. Open them as quick as possible. The Doc's data way, one person opens one gift at a time. Stab me with a pen because I am not that patient. You laugh. We do prairie marriage counseling. We have had, and this is no lie, so many, I think you're not going to get married anymore, arguments over who's going to do the dishes. That's one of the questions in the book I use. Who's going to do the dishes? We sat there one time, I thought fists were going to fly. We're going, I'm just talking about dishes. It happened to us like three or four times. So what am I trying to say? Life is all about give and take. Now, when I say we're going to change, I'm not talking about we're going to compromise the gospel. You all know that. But I'm realizing we have to do things differently. We have to be kind. I want God's kindness towards other people. Another thing I'm going to talk about tonight is I love it. Jesus is going into Jerusalem. He's not going to have a good time. He's going to be arrested. He's going to be whipped. He's going to be tortured. 
He's going to have a crown of thorns jabbed into his head. The Bible tells us he's going to be unrecognizable as he goes into the city. What happens? Two blind girls, hey, Jesus. They tell him to be quiet. So what do they do? They yell even more. Now, I think Jesus had every right to say, I'm a little preoccupied here. He healed them. See, that's my Jesus. He was kind to people in need. Even though his life was not going perfect, I mean, funnily, he stopped. You see, Paul instructs us to be patient with other people. There's a kind, righteous way to deal with the imperfections of other people. My wife is a lot more better at that towards me than I am with her. But unity means we have to be meek. We have to be long-suffering. When I was up north, I was passing this church, and I just had problems with a certain family. And I remember I'm praying for them. I even prayed what a pastor friend of mine said. My prayer was, Lord, either move in them or move them on. Meaning out of the church. You know what the Lord said to me? Long suffering. It stopped me dead in my tracks. I did. Long suffering? But that's what kindness is. These people rub me the wrong way. They speak ill of me. Love them. Have long suffering. Bear with one another in love. We got to get this love thing down. It doesn't mean when somebody does you wrong that you go and let them have it. When you have to speak the truth to somebody, you're not ever speaking down to them. That's what the devil wants you to do. God wants you to get on your knees and speak up to them. Like a father, when I had to correct my kids, I didn't say, I said, hey, this is why you should do it this way. I wanted them to learn, not feel braided. Of course, I never did it perfectly all the time. But unity is loving one another and believing the best and not saying, you know what long-suffering means and bearing with one another in love? Sometimes somebody does something you don't like and you want to talk to them and God goes, yeah, I got it. What do you mean you got it? Then he says to us, I'm the Holy Spirit. I am speaking to them with it, about this. You be quiet. Now that really irks me when that happens. Why? Because I know how wonderful it would be if I could talk to them and how much my pearls of wisdom would lift up their life and make life great. But God says, you know what? You love them, you trust me for them. See, we need to build up. Don't tear down. What's tearing down? Don't ever say anything about somebody you wouldn't say to their face. That's not God. That's the devil. Who wears the crown in your life? Does Jesus or do you? I think there's times throughout the day we, we keep putting it back on. Jesus said, Father, I want them to be one just as you and I are one. They're in one step together. We're just going to do what you want to do. 
Allow the Holy Spirit to work in you, lessening the control of human nature. That means you got to read the Word. It means you got to be in fellowship. It means you have to pray. You can't be a part-time Christian and expect the benefits and the peace of God. Even as we do things like, I'm just going to hit the night meetings again. I'm not trying to be strict here, but I'm trying to say, if this is a burden to you, you need to pray. It shouldn't be a burden. It should be a blessing. Last point I want to make is one for Christ. Paul writes three through six make every effort to keep yourselves united in the Spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. For there's one body and one Spirit, just as you have been called to one glorious hope in the future. There was one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is over all, in all, and living through all. United in the Spirit, binding together with peace. Romans 12, 18 says, do all you can to live in peace with everyone. There are people who have not been super happy with the result of the 2020 election. If we had a president that knew how to live that way, Maybe it'd still be there. Just saying. I'm sorry, I don't see it in this president. I didn't see it in the last president. Do all you can to live in peace with people who agree with you. With everyone. But they believe in this. Do all you can. When I reach people and I talk to people that don't have a biblical world point of view, I am kind to them. I am gracious to them. Why? Because I know if I obey God and how he tells me to interact with them, he is so faithful to bring a situation up where I can share God's truth. Then it's on them. But if I go in swinging, and I don't know why we think we have to go in swinging, You just close the door so many times. And we go away saying, I am suffering for the sake of righteousness. Are you really? Or are you suffering for the sake of stupidity? I'm just saying. Why are you saying that? Because I've done that so many times. I have closed doors that God wants me to have open. I am more truth than grace, but I've got to learn to be more. Or I close too many doors. The more I invest myself in Jesus, the less I think about me. The more I look to God, the less my opinions and my desires are going to drive me. You know, the thing that really humbles me is, is John the Baptist. He's ministering to people. He's telling them about Jesus. He's bapti- he even baptized Jesus. After a while, his posse starts to leave, and Jesus' posse gets bigger. And they come to him and say, Hey, what's going on? You're yesterday's news. He must become greater and greater. And I must become less and less. 
that has to be us. We need to be united and get behind what God is doing here. It may not go how we expect, and it might mean that we lift up our replacements. Amen, we should be doing that anyways. In fact, that's going to happen because a lot of us are well-experienced in years. We need to let Jesus wear the crown. And I would ask you, as we move forward, if you, if you dear, do hear people that have complaints, direct them to the leadership. I've learned this. When somebody complains to me, say they come to me and complain about Joe Clark, just because you're there. They, they, you you got to go talk to Joe. Then I say, oh, I'm giving you two weeks. Then I'm talking to him about you. The devil wants you to speak about Dave Purdy behind his back. Jesus wants you to lift him up and talk to him to his face. Not that Dave or Joe would ever do anything wrong. I use them for examples of people so you, know, you understand what I'm talking about. Let's let Jesus wear the crown. I see God coming to this church and just ripping out chains that we've been worn for so long. I can't share with people. I can't do this. You know, somebody asked me a question. I did a wedding yesterday. They asked me a question right after it. I was tongue-tied. I want to be one of these really on-the-spot, cool speakers. You know what I'm saying? But that's not who I am. I don't have golden tongue or whatever it's supposed to be. But I want to. That's okay. That's not how God made me. But he uses me, because I submit. Let's close our eyes. Summary, God wants his church to live in unity as Jesus and God the Father are united. That is powerful. We can never accomplish this on our own. Our opinions and desires get in the way, but we need to submit to God and let the Holy Spirit work in us. Humility is so key thinking less about ourselves and more about God. We have to be gentle in our interactions with others. That doesn't mean that we accept sin. It does none of that. But we need to reflect the love of Christ so that doors will be opened for us. Unity is so important for this church as we move forward. And Lord, I just thank you for what you're doing here. Lord, I thank you that you're doing a new thing, that you want to breathe encouragement, Lord that you have gifted this church with men and women of faith. Some of us are weary and tired, Lord. It's easy to say, I can't do this, I can't do that. And I do understand that. But help the prayer of our lives be, Lord, you show me what I can do. And I find, Lord, that you will push us past what we think our levels are. That when we have borders around our life, you're going to break those borders and push past them. Well, that's what a good coach does. He pushes his players past what they think their limits are so that they can accomplish all that they can be as a player. Help us to do that, Lord. And Father, I pray for those that are struggling today where the enemy is really going after them with their insecurities, with their self-definitions, Lord. 
I pray that you would just breathe right now afresh on them, Lord, by your Holy Spirit. That you would encourage them that everybody in this room would hear these words that God says, child, you are mine. That you will never leave us or forsake us. That when we are sitting by the side of the road blind and call out to you, you will never pass by. You will always stop and minister to us. The devil lies and he divides. You say unity, he says division. Father, let us not be threatened by those that think differently. For greater is he who is in us than he who is in the world. Let us understand they are deceived. Their thirsty lies without living water. But we are filled with living water. I just pray today, Lord God, that, that we would fully submit to you that we would understand the need for unity as we move forward to the place that you have for us. Lord, I pray for the Copenhagen people. Lord, I pray for safe travels. Lord, I thank you that they're here to build your kingdom, not to get glory or recognition, Lord. Thank you that you love us enough, Lord, to give us this opportunity. Help us to respond in faith, Lord. We just praise you for your name. In his name. Amen. Blessings.